Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 10 of Three Devs and a Maybe. Uh, it's quite a milestone for us. So, uh, yeah, uh, the podcast that is aimed at PHP enthusiasts and generally everything web. So, uh, as usual, I am joined by the charismatic Ed Mann. Yo, yo, yo. Fraser Hart. Hello. And Lou. <laughs> Genius. Kenzie. Oh. Kenzie. 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 And we've now been sued. Oh man! <laughs> so we know why you weren't oh. here last week because you were practicing that. <laughs> you thought about the, the week before, and you were like, "All right, all I'm going to do is have a week out, and then I can use this awesome drop." Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Kate is back. Hello, folks. How was your holiday? Oh, I didn't actually go. I spent the whole time just doing that, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> can I plug my headphones in now? Yeah, go for it, mate. Cool. That has oh. properly thrown me off, but that was hilarious. Thanks. Um, I like that. Yeah, I did actually. I thought, I thought I'd introduce someone a little bit different. Yeah. So, hello, everyone. Hello. How did you? Um, how long did you have off? Uh, oh, only Thursday and Friday. It was a oh. real, uh, real flying visit. We uh, flew out early on Thursday morning and came back um, like lunchtime on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, but it was nice. I'll tell, I'll tell you. Um, I saw this thing in the sky. This big round yellow thing that. Oh, was, it awesome. oh. was it like, did it make, you know, you feel good? It was amazing. and that, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> we haven't seen it over here for quite some time. And you but, said um, you had a bad uh, landing as well, which was great to come back to, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, well, it was like 34, 34, 30, 34 mile an hour, that's very specific, 30, <laughs> 30 uh, mile an hour winds coming in on Sunday, and the plane was just all over the place, and uh, oh, my other half was very nearly poorly, bless her, and a woman behind had to have paramedics once we landed. No, no way. She was had a panic bad? attack. No, yeah. oh, dear. It was, uh, I, I'm That's not the best cold. flyer in the world, but I've, I've been getting my confidence back with it lately. Yeah. But it was, you uh, have to after that, done. that's definitely the test oh, to uh, yeah, we decided to go to the pub on Saturday afternoon. So. <laughs> <But> <laughs> the it, best way of curing it. Absolutely. Oh, dicey. It was dicey. But, you know, it was a really, really nice break and uh, nice to sit outside, actually, and, uh, and have a beer and stuff. So, yeah. So, where actually were you? Um, just north of Alicante in okay. Spain. Yeah, my mother-in-law and, uh, and her other half are um, out on a, like, six-month break out there. So, oh, just went out to see them for a couple of days. So, But um, you guys did a blinding job last week on the podcast. Thank well, you, we, sir. we struggled Thank through. You. Yeah, I know. It was weird without you, man. How's the work going? The job on the job front, like coming back to it and everything. Um, yeah, should we come to that in a minute when we go around everyone's weeks or are we are we doing that bit now or Yeah, well, let's go for it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm flat out pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good well, that's a good difference from what you have been, because haven't you been saying it's been a bit slack? Yeah, ironically, like the others, the the other sides of the business, like all the design guys, are pretty yeah. quiet at the moment. But um, isn't that always the way? You know, it's just like this seesaw. It just seems like all these all these clients seem to be ringing up at the same time at the moment, who all want new stuff done to their site, and yeah. Yeah. and these are people that we haven't heard from in months. So you know, when they say it never rains but it pours, and it's um, yeah. So I mean, I'll, I'll have about five things on the go from tomorrow, I think. Which, considering like the only developer there is pretty busy. Wow, how's the framework going? 
Yeah, that's all that's all going fine. Um I've run into a couple of issues this week. Well not so much with the framework, but just with the site that I'm building. Um I don't know if any of you guys saw my, my whole V card thing that I wrote on Twitter. Yeah, and how Stack did that, I, I, I tried to answer that. I had no idea what was going on there. Uh it's it's still unsolved, unfortunately. It's driving me insane. Um I, it took I, I had to figure out how to get it working locally, and once I figured out how to get get it working locally, I was like, Oh brilliant, you know, I've now, kind of, this is the new thing that I've learned today: how to get V cards working. And then, of course, I put it up live and uh, getting nothing like what I'm getting locally. So, and I still haven't got to the root cause yet. It's uh, what, very, so very. What is actually a V card then? Because I've never actually used them in production before. Isn't it, yeah, isn't it just micro data, or am I thinking it's completely something different? It's basically what it does is it. You know, you have like an address book. I mean, I've only been using this on Mac so far. I haven't even looked at how this works in Windows, but. Um, it basically, um, yeah, you get a V. It's a VCF file in which you you can store like address details and name details and contact details, basically. And what it yep. does is it reads that and then it imports it into like your address book on your computer. Oh, boom. Uh, so you can like assign it to like Outlook or something, and it will just yeah, exactly. download the information. Like that's pretty cool. Just sticks it straight. Yeah, well, it does locally, Ed, but it doesn't do it live. So. Oh no! Oh, is that is that like a content type problem then, or? Um, initially when i first put it live all i was literally getting was the raw output from the file um so yeah so i mean I, in the stack overlay thing i talk about it a bit more but then I, I messed around with um a few things that i found and included some new php headers and stuff for a v card and tried doing all these things and now now i can get it to actually get the file and and you know download the file and everything but when it comes to actually clicking on the file once it's downloaded i just get in this no importable card found Huh? Uh, message which is uh infuriating because when again when i just test it and see what it's actually reading it's reading all the data that it should be it's just yeah. not getting into the address book so, so it's maybe a similar issue that i was having with the the headers it was sending with it because it's if it, if it sounds like it's working locally but not on your your live environment then maybe it's just how it's actually how the server's actually sending that v card up it it must be something like that. I mean, maybe maybe I can need to speak to the to our host and see if they've got any idea. That's another yeah. thing relying on these hosters, isn't it? This shared hosting oh. that you can't actually deal with the box yourself. Yeah, I mean, we've come back to this repeatedly, haven't we? How things have just worked perfectly locally, and then you get them live, and you're dealing with a completely different situation. Well, it's when you have no control, isn't it? As well, that's the problem. Yeah, how, yeah. Fraser, how was your problem from last week? Did, uh, yeah, Stack I've not actually solved you, that or? yet. Oh, <laughs> I've still got no. a few days before Stack it, before overflow. it becomes Come on, critical. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've not actually touched on it, but no one's answered my Stack Overflow post, so um, it's, it's still in the back. Thing? Is this the Laravel 3 thing? Sorry? Is this the Laravel 3 thing that I saw? No, this is the OGG um, issue I was having. Basically, we're, we're trying to play HTML5 audio, um, and it works fine in every browser except Firefox. So, um, oh, God. Yeah, so I've I've using FFmpeg, I'm now converting all the MP3 uploads into OGG files, so they can they can use that as well. Um, but the web server is serving the OGG file as I can't even remember what what headers it's serving oh, with stream, it. But it's, I think it is, isn't it? On that's stream, correct. Yeah, stream, yeah, yeah. So it's it's treating it as if it was like a just a, any old binary file, um, and then Firefox can't pick it up because of the headers that's coming along with it. So. I thought I'd set all the, the server up correctly to, to actually provide it or to send it with the OGG header, but apparently not, and it's still not working. So <laughs> it's still an open question on Stack Overflow. And uh, I've got a couple of days to, to find a workaround before the project has to go out. So, yeah, see what happens. Do you think the uh, Flash is going to be the saviour? I think it is. I think it's going to be a last-minute kind of whack it into Flash and, and uh, oh, yeah, hope for the best. How, how are you doing, Mickey? All right, Mickey. 
Um, yeah, not too bad. Um, yeah, just plugging along, really. Like, like Lou says, I do find January's quite busy. It, I, I think it's press time when companies like all get their new budgets in, maybe, I think. Well, we've got, what they've got their ideas and stuff and their, like, their plan for the year. Yeah, I think so, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I had a couple of yeah long nights. I had one like, working to two in the morning. And what? Then, what were you doing that for? Oh, just drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then go on Laravel yeah. 4 installations, because that's what you do. <laughs> exactly, you know it. So, uh, yeah, but other than that, um, yeah, it's just, again, loads of uni work. So, um, kind of been touching on algorithms this week, which I've never really, well, I say I've never really done before. You, you do algorithms, and you don't really know you're doing algorithms, because, you know, at, at the very core of it, you know, making a cup of tea, there's a, an algorithm involved, I guess. So, um, but these are, you know, really scientific algorithms, I guess. Um, so that was pretty hardcore. And um, I've, I think, like, limited amounts of information went in. So, I, you know, you just need to keep plugging away at that. Um, and, yeah, other than that, just, just loads and loads of reading. Like, you know, like I say, loads of research papers. And I have to read them two or three times before any of it goes in. That's just the way it is, really. So, uh, How was the last exam, Mike? Uh, the exam was pretty painful, um, but I don't know. I, physically painful or? Physically, mentally yeah. painful, yeah. Um, you never know with exams, do you? Sometimes you think you've done awful and you come out and you, it turns out you've done all right. So it didn't feel like it went that well, but we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. So You're going to say that, of course. Yeah, I guess so. But um, yeah, but yeah, other than that, that was from Steam. Saturday night, went out with uh, some friends. Uh Good friend of mine's well two of my friends 30th birthday so uh well hey old people yeah. only joking yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no kebabs so it was uh yeah pretty it was a wasted evening then it was half, half an evening you it's know? hardly worth bringing up because yeah. you want to be up till five obviously we won't talk about it after the event yeah due well, to the kebab <laughs> that's it so there we go um fraser i saw you were in the paper right uh i was in uh index magazine in tumbridge wells yeah Oh, really? Cool. What are you doing there? Uh, it was just to do with, or, uh... yeah, to do with the rose. So there was a, a, a sexy picture of me posing yeah. next to the boat, Page three. and a little, and a little <laughs> picture three. of me. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty cool. So we went down. We actually went down to the boat this weekend. Um, the intention was to get out on the boat, but the boats in Cornwall. They've obviously been having. I say obviously, like if if anyone doesn't know the situation <laughs> in Cornwall, it's not <laughs> obvious. Um, but yeah, so we went down there, and they're basically getting battered by storms at the moment on in Cornwall. So yeah. The plan was like go like the original plan was go down Friday, get on the boat Saturday, and then come back Sunday. And um, so I ended up because of the storms. Was all right. I was going to go down Saturday, and then we all we all kind of got together and had a few beers on Saturday, and that turned into quite a late one. So I was out till about two o'clock in the morning. Um, and then the plan was because the weather was looking better for the Sunday, so we decided like okay, we're going to get up at six o'clock in the morning. So like in after bed at, eight, at two, after a night out, absolutely, yeah, very I can't good hold choice. Anyway, man, like yeah. So we were drinking till about two o'clock in the morning. Then I got up at six o'clock got down to the boat and the boat's basically been staying in a, a field in uh in some farm and then we got down there and then last time we took the boat out was a couple of months ago so when we put it away we didn't close all the hatches and it's been raining for two months pretty much <laughs> oh. yeah so we got down there and then rather than take the boat out we had to spend like three hours bailing water out of all the hatches and, and the forecabin which was not what we'd intended but uh it was yeah it was a bit of a bit of a bit of a negative one but we moved it inside now anyway so it's it's all safe and all all all, at uh, least yeah. you know you're not going to sink. Up. Absolutely, yeah, because at least we know there's no holes in the bottom of it because it's holding <laughs> water in, inside it. So, yeah, 
Yeah, that's the main thing. Um, but yeah, I was quite surprised by the the article in, in the magazine as well because I'd sent them a press release like maybe six weeks ago or something. I heard nothing from them at all. And then I was in the gym the other morning and one of the guys in the gym was like, oh, I saw you in the, in uh, Index Magazine. I was like, and I was in Index Magazine. So yeah, I got, I got myself a copy of it. And, Did uh, he write an autograph? No, he didn't, unfortunately. Yeah, I've I'm on the website now, but I can't find it. I can't if you go find to, on the Index Magazine, if you go to, in the top right, there's like, read the latest well, issue. You definitely right? have to send it to him, put it in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, read the latest issue and it pops up a PDF. And then oh, I think it's on like, an old uh, two, is, this, is yours probably an older one than this or no? It's it's the latest one, yeah. So if you click oh. on the PDF and it's like page thirty four or thirty five, I think. And there's a, a really lame picture of me stood next to the boat, looking <laughs> at well sexy. No, the person on page thirty four is definitely not you. Oh, is it not? Hang on, let me have a look. I've got it open now. Unless you've been hiding a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what the secret is. I've got a couple. <laughs> uh, how about? Oh, I wish I was the one on 34. Stroke 35. <laughs> <laughs> no, 36 stroke 37. Page 37 I'm on. Ah, there you go. There we go. Local man set this. to ride the Pacific. It's a good job this is an audio podcast because these people yeah. are probably thinking, I don't know what they're thinking. Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah, for, for the listeners on page 34, there's a scantily clad lady. <laughs> a bit, to be fair, they probably ran away when I played the Eminem song. Yeah, All right, oh, fair play. So it's just the three <laughs> Scared of Scared him away. Oh. Yeah. Ed, man, how about you? Good week? Um, yeah, good. It'd be really good, man. Um, on pretty boring, just like socially and stuff, just been going out, doing the normal stuff there. Watched the Super Bowl Saturday, Sunday night. That was pretty Oh, fun. did you watch that? I did. I'm sad, man. I had to watch it. Did you have I, a horse in that race? I didn't have a horse. I was going to bet, you know, Seattle. I actually thought putting a little bit of money down, a little flutter, but I stupidly didn't. And obviously it would have yeah. been good to do, but... Anyway, Russell Hustle Wilson, you know, doing well. Uh, other than that, though, Python, actually, this week. I had a chance of doing a proper... That's my language now. I've decided to settle on as a scripting language to play around with in my free time. Python? Ooh. Python, I know. I, I would choose either that or Ruby to do scripting stuff because I, I want to see the differences, really. And I, I picked up a couple of books online and stuff and started reading them. And yeah, Python is a very beautiful language. Um, it, yeah, it, I can see why people appeal to it. You know, like people like it and stuff. I really can. Uh, there's a couple of gotchas, though. Like, it's always interesting because, you know, people say PHP and, oh, look at this stupid, you know, the whole needle haystack thing. Uh, there's like a gotcha in Python where, you know, you have default arguments in PHP. Uh, default, yeah. uh, you know, to, default values. You know, you can say, oh, if you don't pass anything in, I'm going to specify, you know, maybe a default string or just pass in an empty array. Well, in Python, for some reason, they only they only initialize it once. So, say if you pass in a, an array, it will use that array again and again. So, say if you're appending to an array, you want an empty array, and you call it again, anything that you appended in that function before, it will use it again because it doesn't over it doesn't rewrite it and use a new one. It uses the same one it had before. Very weird. One of those bugs. Yeah. It's one of those design decisions where you're like, well, haha, no one does it perfect. No language is perfect. Can I just ask a quick question then? Uh, you know, it's well, let's go for this podcast, but you say you're going to use Python. Now, is that just because you like to be different or do you genuinely think that there is good cause to use that as opposed to PHP? Um, yes and no. Like, if I was starting out, 
I would still use PHP because of the knowledge online and stuff, and you know, like that. And the job prospects, I guess, as well. Isn't and the job, like... um, but like with Python, it's so much cleaner language. It's so the guy, it's got this dictatorship by this guy, the actual main guy who does it, and they literally he says, "This is how you do it," you know, in significant white space, and it does look much easier. Like when you're reading code, it's so much more. It's easier to pick up some person's code because you know it's going to be the Pythonish style. They've got like the Zen, the, like the commandments almost, like this. Bible ritual, you know, like the Zend of coding, and it sounds stupid, but really it makes programming so much more easier because you know you expect the style you're going to get is the style for everyone's going to use. Um, there is, a, of course, the, the the trouble with doing it with Python and stuff is that the, it's not the easy transition to say oh, I want to go to the web. You know, you have to understand like you you mainly actually have to, you do have to start using a framework pretty much from the offset. Um, because it's not a language for the web initially. You know, you have to use this thing called WSGI or something like that, which is like a wrapper around a way to access the internet. Well, not the internet, yeah. but, you know, in- access the HTTP protocol and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's what I've been playing around this week is Python. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to try and keep it up. And uh, I've got a couple of projects, side projects that I want to do. And I want to re- my, rewrite my blog again and see if I can do it in Python as simple as I did it in PHP and kind of have a bit of a contrast there. But, yeah, it's been pretty fun. That's I. That's quite interesting. I just uh, I've had another week where uh, like lecturers have been bashing PHP left, right, and centre, and, and also now um, uh, one of my lecturers said today that you you shouldn't be using objects orientated uh, languages that they're they're dead pretty much. What? Oh and, no, uh, but he's a concurrent guy. I'm sure. Is he a concurrent guy? He is. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and, this um, is the trouble with the buy. And I'm guessing he says we should all be using. Process-orientated programming. process or Oh, hang on. That's the self-contained. Each bit just has an in and out, like functional pretty much, isn't it? Yeah. Where they each have their... I mean, I can understand that, but modelling stuff in the real world, people... Again, it's this trend, isn't it, you know? It's like people were like, no, I'm never going to use an OO. And everyone's like, well, you, sh- you have to be using OO now, you know? You shouldn't just be using procedural. And it's kind of... Now, obviously, we're going horizontal instead of vertical. But, yeah, everyone has their biases, I'm sure, to... Uh, it's quite. I just. It's so hard to keep on the on the crest of the wave. Where you know, like I've just literally just got to terms of, oh, oh really? And uh, you know, when you hear someone say that, you just feel like you're. Your I soul's think. Just uh, been... To be fair, I don't think it's going away at all anytime soon. Yeah. Oh, oh, is genius. Oh, oh, is beautiful. And, and that's another thing with Python. He does oh, oh, right. It does it like PHP. Like they all say, oh, because you only use oh, oh when you need to use oh, oh. But every function is actually an object in itself, so you can pass it around like a first-class citizen, like you can with like closures and anonymous functions in PHP. But it does it from an offset. It, PHP was built up like this. Python's really, from the offset, been designed to be like this. So it's kind of had, in a sense, a bit of an advantage that way. I was, I have to be honest, I was kind of bought in by his argument because he, um, he basically had this program that he ran on the command line, and it was basically like a, it kind of. It made like a, a bar type environment where people were going to the bar and buying pints, all this kind of thing. Uh, it was really cool. Basically, you had one barman and then like 20 people going to the bar. And the barman had to serve everyone and make sure that he did it fairly. And it's really cool. You can literally see it moving around and these people come to the bar and stuff. And literally every like what every like actor in this program, if you will, was like an independent process. Oh, and- is he using the actor model there? Like an Erlang I, and like I don't know. This was using Occam Pi, and um, okay. basically it was two thousand lines of code, and then it showed someone who tried to do it using um, OOP in uh, C plus plus, and basically it was I think it was about twenty thousand lines of code or something, 
And I found that that's hard to argue with when you see results like that. But that's a very, you know. But then that's because it's domain specific, isn't it? I mean, if you are yeah, to do like, like Occam Pie, like make a website or make a web, you know, application yeah, yeah. in it, it, that is the trouble. I mean, I, I do agree with you, like, but I think it's like choosing, picking the right. It's that whole polygot approach now where you pick the right programming language for the job. And, you know, you're not going to speak, stick to one language for the whole stack, probably. You're going to be... I mean, we don't in web game anyway, do we, really? We've got HTML, JavaScript, CSS. We've got yeah. PHP, Python. We've got SQL. But more so now, it's like, well, you know, for the, for the you know concurrency stuff, oh, I'm going to use something like Erlang. I'm going to use Scala with... Um, oh, what's it called? Oh, I can't remember now. But, you know, like their actor model and stuff like that. Um, Acker, yeah. sorry, Acker. Uh, or, you know, and you're going to use then PHP maybe for the front end stuff, or you're going to use Ruby. But, you know, it's this kind of, because that's why Twitter, I mean, Twitter was built on Ruby, but then it moved over to Scala and it's using a bit of both now because it's using the best from all languages. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's probably too much for this podcast anyway. But, um, sorry, I went on a mega yeah. tangent there with Python, no, but hello. Me too, but yeah. So, anything uh, else significant about your week you want to discuss? Or? Uh, not really. No, not if I'm going to go on another random rant. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was my fault. Sorry. Um, so, uh, Lou, how about any uh, hot picks for the week? Um, it's it's not so much a hot pick. It's, it is a yeah. third party that thing that I used this week. But um, one of the other things I was going to mention at the start of the show was another issue that we had this week. It's a, a server related issue that came up. Um, you know, we did obviously our, our server podcast a few weeks back, which was one of the more complicated ones. But this one was interesting this week. But First of all, um, I'll read you the email that I got. Do you guys ever get email like this? Uh, Hi, Lewis. I've just tried going onto the website to upload something, and it's not loading. Can you please check and revert ASAP? <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the extent of the uh, the email that I got. And basically, um, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it from, from any of the computers here that we tried, um, where, I was, where I work, and... Um, contacting various people saying can you look at this site is it loading for you okay and everything it's fine for everyone except for them and and she was sending me screenshots of of the of the home page and it just wasn't working it was just yeah. timing out basically um so um long story short uh, this is the first time i've ever really um looked at trace routes have you guys used that much use them much trace routes? oh what in php to check what's actually going on like bug it yeah bug fixing kind of thing yeah like, basically yeah, like yeah going back on yeah, well, this is this is what happened. They, I basically I got in touch with Media Temple, and they um they got me to um, contact the client and get this trace route from from them, so they could see what was going on with the server. And um, long story short, was basically that um, the route from their network to the server was hitting this third party oh. server oh. That, that was actually down, and apparently, and so it was literally only there where they are that their site was down. That's crazy. Appar- is that a CDN thing? A- or was that like a geographical CDN so, thing, or was it just the fact that their yeah. DNS was playing around with something? Or just just a routing thing. Literally, the third party server was was offline. So you know, you know, obviously with routing, it, it hits various servers before it gets to the one that it's actually trying to get to. Um, it was getting to this one called um, I don't know Lime LimeWire or something like that. Oh, and, um, LimeWire. That's pizza, not LimeWire. That's something totally different. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, pretty didn't want it to go there. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but yeah, this particular one was offline, so um, it wasn't ever getting to the actual server that it was supposed to. And there's absolutely nothing that that we could do or Media Temple could do. It was just just a waiting game. And uh, within 24 hours, sure enough, everything came back online. But apparently, it's uh, 
very, very much a freak occurrence when that happens. They are the worst kind of issues, aren't they? I mean, you could have been there for weeks trying to work out what was going on there. Yeah, so, you still would never have had a clue. I mean, it's good that like that's that's by the media temple. That's really good of them to have held yeah, yeah. that. Like, yeah. So uh, the one tool that I came across to do that was um, just a proxy server called PageWash dot com, which I got them to look at um, to view the site, so that you know to prove to them that the site was actually online. It was just their network that was playing up. So yeah, so did, did it all get sorted and stuff? Like, did that server go back on, come back online, or did you? Yes, to, it did. Yeah. Around? Literally within, I'd say I got the initial email at about 11 o'clock in the morning. It was down for the rest of the day, but first thing the following morning, it was back up and running. So, um, yeah, either either, uh, either the routing changed or the or the faulty server came back online. That's crazy. It's, it's one of those things that, that, you know, obviously you spend a lot of time debugging and stuff, but sometimes things just, things actually are completely out of your hands. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. Oh, mate. That was that... an interesting one. Sounds like some nice debugging you did there. I've, I'd have been there for like months trying to work that one out. So uh, oh, nice just, one. Yeah, just got on. Well, basically got onto got onto Media Temple. Their um their online chat facility is really good. Um, and and just went through it from there. I mean, I, I've used that sort of process quite a few times. They're usually pretty helpful. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, but the only other thing I've been messing around with, I've got to um got to um basically construct PDFs as part of this site that I've been working on at work. Um. So I've been messing around with various PDF classes and experimenting with trial and error, and haven't come up with one that. One what that one I'm do you definitely prefer? With. What one have you kind of have you have you like picked one that you're going to just have to deal with, or are you still up in the air which one you're going to choose? Still, well, I was going to I was going to speak to you guys and see whether you guys have an experience. I've I've been using FPDF, which isn't too bad, but it's very very fiddly with the page formatting and everything like that. So I wondered if you guys had ever done it and whether you used something different that you found was good. mine's only FPDF as well. I mean, I suppose the best uh, thing you can do actually is to go on packages.org and uh, just see if there's any composer repos out there that you yeah. can just... There's a couple of Laravel-specific ones on there, believe it or not. Well, there you go, you know, <laughs> tie you into a framework. <laughs> yeah, um, but FPDF was on there and I think DOM PDF was the other main one, which I haven't tried yet, so maybe that, I'll give that, that one a go. Is that it converts from HTML into PDF or do they both do that? Um, I, I think one they, does it specific that it's not just hey you don't write in HTML you can write it in their own specific thing and then some others or maybe both actually sorry I could be talking rubbish there um, um, I haven't got far enough down the line with it to tell you for sure I'm still still very much in the um, in the embryo stage of it so I'll be able to tell you more next week to be honest uh, actually Lou I had this exact issue about ten months ago to be precise and um, I didn't like FPDF and I used MPDF. Which is built oh. on top of FPDF, um, but it's just it's a lot nicer to use. They, I think it's like a, a wrapper on top of it, but it it just makes it a lot nicer to use. Oh, In okay. my experience, I still don't think it was brilliant, but I think that's more to do with the way that you put a PDF together rather than the actual the API of MPDF. Um, but try that out. <coughs> is this the one M- MPDF one dot com? Is it that? Yeah, one? that's the one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll have a look at that. Thank you. Yeah, no worries at all. Mm. Uh, how about you, Mr. Hart? Any uh, any hot tips? Yeah, well, I've been working a lot with Hybrid Auth this week, um, which is a way of like uh, it's kind of it's good for interacting with Facebook and Twitter and all the social sites and what have you. It's basically like a, a really good a really good library that lets you do that very easy. Because the only the only other time I've interacted with with those kind of sites was on a classic ASP site a few years ago, and I had to do like Facebook login and Twitter login, and it was the most painful experience of my life in, in classic ASP. 
Um, so when the client basically came to us and said, "Oh yeah, we need to we need to be able to let people log in with with Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus," like it was, I was yeah. on the verge of hanging myself. Like, <laughs> like literally, like remembering the experience that I'd gone through before. It was just I I didn't want to touch it. Um, so I had a look around for for libraries and stuff that could kind of help me out with it, and then I came across Hybrid Auth, and there was one called uh, a Hybrid Igniter because this was for the the MU project that, that you guys have worked on as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I got got this uh, this Hybrid Igniter, um, which is is basically a, a code igniter version of of this Hybrid Auth, and it was absolutely fantastic. It made it the easiest thing on the planet. So what you do oh, basically man. is, yeah. I'm just looking at it now. It looks awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's on. fantastic. Yeah. And like, so you, you, the most difficult part about it is actually setting up the apps in uh, in Facebook and Twitter and, and Google Plus. When I say apps, like, you know, actually setting up an app, you're just registering your website with with Facebook and, and Google Plus and Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once you've done that, it gives you the, the public key and a private key. And then you put those into your settings in, in Hybrid Auth or um hybrid igniter as i was using um and then the calls are so so simple and all you really do is you, you send off the, re- the request you get the user's information back and then once you've got the user's information then you can add that into your user's table and then in future when when somebody wants to sign in with with facebook for instance they'll click on the button it'll go off and it'll authorize it for you and it'll come back with the unique id you check your unique id about the one against the one that you saw in the table if you've got it in the table then you log them in, otherwise you register them in your account and then you log them in. And it's it's absolutely simple. It was fantastic and I had a really good time working with it. So I'm now like using it to to post statuses to Facebook and Twitter and all this kind of stuff as well. And it's absolutely simple as Oh, that's amazing. I'll yeah. definitely be using that next time. Oh, it's so like good. That. Wow. And it's awesome. infinitely easier than sitting there having to write a form for someone to sign off on as well. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is another major bonus because I hate writing forms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nice one. Any uh, anything else, mate? Um, that's pretty much all I've been working on, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's 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 the only tip that I've got this week, anyway. Yeah, no worries. Uh, over to Ed Man. Um, so back on the Python front, annoyingly, oh, but one yeah. thing one thing that they do have, which is nice, is a REPL. So I don't yeah. know if you play your read, evaluate, print loop, which really is just a way of being able to interact. It's, uh, Ruby's got it, IRB as well, which is just the ability to be able to go into the console and type out commands and stuff and test stuff. Yeah. Um, and actually, PHP does have one too, but they kind of keep it hidden and they, it's really annoying. PHP dash A, and that will bring up their inter- interactive shell and in the, in the command line and stuff. So you'll be able to then do some commands and just check if things work. I always like just, it's nice sometimes doing that and then just being able to, if you've stuff that you don't want to save as a script and you just want to check if it works, um, which is great. But the trouble with that I found was that their errors and stuff, if you have a fatal error, it closes the whole command prompt for you. Which can be a pain because sometimes you know you'll get a fatal error. At least then you can catch it if you're in a script or something, or if you've just written out all this stuff. Um, so what I found was something called Boris that's been around for a little while. And Boris is like a better REPL pretty much for PHP. Um, and what it allows you to do is it has all the abilities that the the built-in PHP one has, but it also provides you with stuff like where you can do customizations, you can do automatic, you can make it so your application loads in. I think Laravel uses this, and you're able to like load in certain libraries before it loads up that interactive shell, so you can do it specific for projects and stuff, which is quite cool. But it also provides you with decent and uh, much better error reporting, which is great. Uh, and it's just nice to know that PHP has this available to you, but annoyingly under dash A. So PHP dash A is the way to get into the interactive shell, which is a bit of a pain. Um, 
There's one more, and that was, it's a map, Mac app. Um, I don't know if you get this problem sometimes. When I'm copying and pasting stuff around, um, like the internet and stuff, and I'm trying to paste it, especially in Evernote now, which is an, an app I use a lot, is I get the formatting. And I hate formatting stuff like, oh, yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm copying a H1 tag in, in Wikipedia, it will come up and actually give me the H1 tag. Yeah. I don't want it. So what you can use is an app called Format Match. And all that does is literally just turns off that ability. You can make it so it automatically it will enable it. So you can like yeah. do a keyboard shortcut that will enable it. But it will, it's in the App Store and stuff, and it's just great. It's exactly it does it. Oh, like the tin, put it in, start up on launch. So you don't have to worry, and it will just do it. So you just if I want to make it a, a link, I'll make it a link myself. I don't need That's this fantastic. thing telling me. Just that so should be easy. like a, a compulsory thing. Every time you put out a CMS site, you should force install that on a client's computer. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so that's a in... very good point, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Because the amount of time you get people that just say, oh, it's Copy the, and paste word, word. the word stuff. Oh, yep. you're so right. That's the headbang. That is the headbang, yep. isn't it? Oh, no. Yeah. So they could, yeah, just say, yeah, please install Format app on your Mac or yep. the equivalent on your Windows box. Nice. How about you, bud? Uh, well, yeah, just to start off, actually, just say I'm not, I'm not bashing um, Python, by the way. I was just uh, joking, <laughs> but um, I'm sure it's great. I have used it a little bit, and it's pretty good. But, um, yeah, me. Um, well, actually, I'd like to start off with uh, a tweet that I saw in the week, if I may, which was no. by, <laughs> by Jeffrey White. And uh, I don't know if, I can't remember if there's a name for it, but basically he was talking about the two-indent rule, uh, two-tab indents, basically, or right. whatever. Um and I was just going to say to you guys, actually, this is actually what you, this is more about craftsmanship than anything else. But yep. um, if you're making a class or, or editing one, what, what are your guys' kind of rules on how long a method is and uh, how long and how many, how many like four loops would you have? With, how many loops would you have in loops and how many if so? How many indented, like how indented yeah. would you get? How much nesting would you do? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Lou, did you want to go first? it's a tough one to answer isn't it it's, it's all very um task specific yeah um i don't know i mean i suppose the process i get to is um obviously try and get to whatever solution i can as quickly as possible but if i'm struggling to do that if i know another method that will work but it's but it's going to be a bit messy code wise i'll do that initially just to get it working and then once i get it working i'll try and revert back from there i suppose yeah um so yeah, you sort of I mean, refactor and try and compress it yeah. afterwards. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm forever refactoring. I I, I like to um I like to achieve it, like to arrive at you know at something that works as quickly as possible, even if I know at the time that I'm going to need to come back to it later. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I agree well, with Lou. Yeah, I agree with that, Lou. I you know get the I job done that. first it's, and then yeah. I think it, I think after. sometimes it's it's really hard to to find time to do the refactor, isn't it? Because yeah, I guess at the end of the day the nine times out of ten you're fighting to get to a project deadline so you're going to spend all your time getting to this to this deadline and then nine times out of ten you're like oh, it works right move on now and I'm, I'm guilty of that and I wish I did have the time in, in all the projects that I work on to, to actually go back and, and make the code as I want it to go um, but sometimes you are restricted and right it works on to the next it seems that there's a lot, a lot of emphasis on on code formatting and all these things that there's I don't know. wars on it. Isn't yeah, it? It's like I, the text I, editor. It's like how many do you tabs or spaces? And I mean, to, yeah. to me, to me, the one the one main rule is is don't repeat yourself. If you're avoiding that, yeah, mm. you know, then the code's going to be fine. You know, I'm 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 not too fussed about where I put my brackets or yeah, you know, how much indent, you know, how much I indent or anything like that. You know, I 
my code's neat. It's not all over the place. You know, I've, it's neat because I write it for myself apart from anything yeah. else. So I'm not going to write myself horrible code to work with. So, yeah. Well, I, I suppose, yeah, because, I mean, what I normally do is if I'm, on a, if I, if I'm entering a project that's, you know, a mature project, I use the same style that they bring, you know, they've already brought to the table yes. because there's no point in yeah. trying to change it. Um but what if, if I'm doing it myself? It's normally I, I, I yeah. So well, I don't, well, I suppose getting up. Yeah, I use the I use what the PHP PSRs say, you know, which is forward spaces uh, for that. And then with the when you're talking about Mickey with the indentation and stuff, I normally yeah. try and get it to about two, like that's yeah. what you were saying. And you know, like space it out there. When I've been starting to learn Scala and some functional stuff, I've become far more uh, kind of generous with the amount of functions I make, even yeah. if they're private functions, just because functions are self to you know commented in a sense you know and you know even if you only use it that once it doesn't really matter you could at least then you've got that function again you could reuse but it also as you say it keeps it so you're not the worst thing you want to do and it's this whole rule of actually being able to uh, you have like the 80 width rule you know like so you say yeah. like if you have to keep it in that line and i always keep that up on sublime and sometimes i go over it and you can actually use stuff like code style php that's the one thing actually i've got set up on the um old box yeah on the uh you know the uh, continuous integration box, the CI box, is to just warn us if we're going over that rule and stuff. Because that is a, as like you were saying with uh, uh, Thingy, is uh, Jeffrey Way, that it probably is like you're then doing some bad practice because you're breaking these kind of rules. But there are edge cases. How about you, Mickey? What, what would you do? Um, well, to be honest with you, I'm in the same boat as everything that you guys have all just said. But uh, I mean, I, I was looking back at something I'd written just last week and I saw it was probably maybe or maybe 40 50 lines of code and a i started off doing it on the on the basis of what lou was saying that i come back and refactor it then i ran out of time to do it and i came back to this this week and thought that just looks awful to be honest it just looked really bad i was kind of embarrassed i've, I've written it um i just think it's an interesting one i saw jeffrey way's tweet about it and i thought yeah I, I do agree with him uh, but like you say there's always edge cases where you know what you're gonna break those rules and i don't really don't worry about it. It's just one of those things. But but certainly, I think you know if anyone's listening and they they just started out PHP and stuff, I think it's a really good thing. You know, it's not rocket science. All we're saying is keep it short. And um, anything like Lou says, anything that's repeated, break it up, put it into a private function or, or what have you. Um, but I think it's it's a good one to uh, to really think about. And it's a whole craftsmanship thing, isn't it? And if you're going to go for interviews, yeah. and people are going to be looking at your code. It's good to to start now, get it yeah. all clean and nice and. But, um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was an interesting one. I think it's much easier to refactor once once you've actually got to the final solution as yeah. well, rather than trying to write perfect code straight away. It's that pre-optimization, yeah. isn't it? You know, it's like the pre yeah. it's like you know, or pre-refactoring, pre-optimization. It's like trying to, yeah, you get to the solution first, see it working, and then go back. But as you say, like the going back thing is very hard to sell to the client and also your boss yeah. probably because you're like, well, the code's working, but it's like, well, it would be working better if the you know problems are yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the only other things I was going to say is uh, I had a little dabble with C this week, and um, for anyone who uh, you know wants to just have a little dabble with another language, it's it's an interesting one. But if you've done PHP, definitely, then like like you were saying to me the other day, Ed, that you know like C is like well, PHP derives from C, right? So you know the the syntax is all very similar. But if you want to play with something else, just you know just dip your uh, toe into the water, then C's it's yeah it's worth looking at um you know just make a little snippet of code and have a little play and the only other thing else i was going to say uh was just because obviously i'm doing ai at the moment at university um 
he's yeah there was an interesting article in the paper the other day on on sky news website uh, about google should put out a big company in the uk called yeah, i uh, noticed that uh, yeah. Couple, yeah days ago i don't know yeah. i didn't read into anything is it quite interesting um, yeah, I think it's worth. I'm not going to talk about it in the podcast. So it'd be pretty bore most people to tears. But uh, yeah, basically, it's just a company in the UK called DeepMind, and Google's just bought them out for 240 million. But not Google, bad. I just Google are just spending so much money on AI at the minute. They're, that's basically what they're. Well, they they're have the data, to. don't they? They've got yeah. all that data to use, and they need and the power. Well, all that, yeah, all that data. They want to make information from it, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah, and all that power, as you say, yeah. So it's kind of like money wise and in computation. So. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of in the. They are the you know the leaders in this kind of race. Yeah, definitely, and uh, it's it's going to be huge in the next ten years. I think AI is going to be, you know, a really big topic. And even the other day, I read an article about a company who's now made a uh, a robot that basically can imagine things. So they described a cat. Sorry, they described a cow to this machine, and it basically drew a picture of what it thought the cow looked like. Yeah, and it was so accurate; it was just insane. So. Uh, yeah, but I'll uh, put that in the article in the hot picks for anyone who's interested. So, uh, yeah, did anyone else have anything they wanted to mention before we we move on onto our our topic, or are we all good? I think I'm yeah, fine. I think I'm all good. Yeah, all yeah. good, man. Okay, are we, so, are we calling it hot picks now? I thought it was three dead ah, hot picks. Ed Man kind of has drilled that into my head. I think you were talking about hot picks. So hot picks. it makes sense. Just pick picks of the week. Yeah, maybe a tweet of the week as well. I think it'd be good from. Uh, from someone, but yeah, that's quite cool actually. I like that. Yeah, tweet of the week and picks of the week. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Hot, hot pick and tweet of the week. Okay. I um I got a tweet from um from at Laravel Gustapo. I don't know if you can <laughs> see them. I haven't seen. Are you I've kidding me? Them, actually, no, but I've, what serious. is this guy? What is the background on this? I've not been um, even the loop with this at all. No way. I, I I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here. I'm assuming it's a bit of fun. <laughs> but they basically. <laughs> yeah, they Billy. They seem to have a way of sticking out <laughs> silly, silly, silly billy tax. No, no, that, it looks like it's just a bit of fun to me. But yeah, they they seem to be uh, sniffing out people who aren't being a hundred percent positive about Laravel and oh, is that right? right, right in that, right in the. Uh, well, I'm just trying to find my message now on my. Uh, I'm going back from. Oh, it's a little way back, but it was something along the lines of "We're watching you." <laughs> and, and I was, that's pretty genius at least we're on the radar point. anyway oh, there was actually one other thing yeah. this week that came up a lot in the Laravel community was this uh, con this Laravel book from Learn Pub that some guy had literally pretended he, he literally copied a load of stuff pretended to make a book <laughs> got a load yes. of people to buy it and then buggered off and I'm like it's genius but completely and utterly awful but yeah I was quite shocked that actually happened like that could actually happen and it did so yeah crazy anyway I'll just look- I'm just looking at Laravel Gestapo on Twitter. I've got <laughs> 22 followers. <laughs> so I think we're safe. We're not going to have a house blown up or anything. Oh, they've got 23 now. Uh, uh, I think yeah, 24. I've just followed them. <laughs> I get. I, I give them the benefit of the doubt because yeah, I think it's just a bit of fun. But initially, yeah, I did think, what the hell is this? Like, there's a there, there's a, a group of rebels or something going out just looking to take down anyone that dares say anything bad <laughs> the tweets are actually really funny <laughs> like as much as i hate to admit there's one that says like vote for your favorite php framework is it laravel one laravel two laravel three or laravel four? Oh, that's brilliant pure gold love that cool so uh this week's gonna be a bit of a hybrid episode i think isn't it because we kind of um half did html so um i don't know have we got any 
any stuff that was left over from the last one. I know we were going to talk a little bit about tools, maybe. I've got, yeah, we've got tools, and I've also got my game. I don't know if you want to do the game now, just to yeah. get us into it. Let's do it. Uh, it's really sad. So I, I picked, when I was doing a little bit of research for the, the last week, I found five random tags that I had no clue about, and I was just thinking, I'll, I'll set, I'll, I'll let the, uh, I'll, I'll give them to you, and then let's see what you think they actually do, because some of them I, you would never guess. Okay, I'm keeping scores. Go on. Right, Go. okay, so the first one is, all right, low-hanging fruit, T-foot. Uh, table footer. Oh. Table footer, boom. And what does the table yeah. footer do? Small text. <laughs> He's cheating blatantly. No, no, no cheating. He does, just, he does a digital oh. text, and no cheating. That's one thing, no cheating. No, so that was straight up no cheating, because like T... You have T head, don't you? You have T head bold text. So so what it actually does is put it at the bottom, so no matter where it is, you have your... So you have your T uh, head, and then that will be, no matter where you put it inside the table tag, it will actually do, always be at the top. And normally browsers will make them bold. Then you have your, your T body, where you actually put your like TRs yep. and the TDs. And then you have, you have your T foot, which will always be at the bottom. So no matter where it is, normally people do T head, T foot, and then T body, actually structurally, yep. and then it will actually do the other thing. But yeah, I thought that was, that's low hanging fruit, but let's see where we go. Dell, D-E-L. Uh, is it like a strike through? Oh, good one, yes. sir. Yes. Oh. Deleted text element. Boom. Mm. Now, this one's going to be all right. WBR. Wait, 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 sorry. Can we go back to Dell? Does it actually? Yeah. It doesn't actually delete the text. It does just put a strike right. through. Yeah, no, it just does a strike oh, yeah, through. Gotcha. Yeah, because you've got that one and you've got one called INS, I think, which is the insert. So it's like what right. the replacement was. Is it uh, something Something break? Word break. Word no. break. And what do you think word break does? Uh, it breaks. Breaks a word. Word. All right. Uh, Oh, is it maybe like a, a addition to the, like the oh crap? What's it called in CSS? The thing where oh yeah, breaks words from, mid, yeah, like the div from cutting it off kind of thing. Yeah, or it forces it to do that. I reckon. Does it yeah. do that? So this is what I got off uh, Wikipedia. Was it represents a position within the text that the browser may optionally break a line, though its oh. line breaking rules would not otherwise create a break at that location. So you know, like <laughs> in a word that like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, you could say, "I want a word break here." If you need to break it, break it at this point. Okay. Which is quite cool because you know, if you have like a long text, sometimes you may want to break it in the middle where you know yep. that it's not going to break it. Oh boom! So, so you, you put you just chuck that in mid. You just chuck that mid word, and it will do it for you. And then the browser, it's just letting the browser know, which is nice. At least then some, you've got a bit of control over what actually yep. happens when it, especially in this responsive world that we live in now. Having that ability is quite cool. Hello, what happened there? Who's that phone? <laughs> Who's phoning a friend? Well, sorry about that. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I just put it on the dial pad on Skype. Oh wow. eight nine eight six. That's not what it sounded like. Um, and then we have base. Base. Um, uh, is it like subscript? What is it similar to subscript, where it puts it below the line of text? No, it's to do with URLs. That's the only hint I'm going to give you. Oh but... yeah, I get it. So you put the base tag there. I've actually used this one. I think if it's what I'm thinking of, otherwise I haven't. Um, <laughs> is it the one that you put the base, the, the header you think? So you say the base is like www.mydomain.com forward slash directory, and then therefore if you do forward slash images forward slash image dot jpeg it'll be my domain directory images jpeg as opposed to that's what it sets the base root to be on absolutely sir yeah no you yes. hit the nail on the head there yes yeah, so it's the html element base element specifies the base url to use the all so all relative urls contained within that document we use that instead which is again another i never knew this and it's such a, like a good one to use because oh it's awesome 
Because, I mean, to actually makes a lot of sense. In, our, in the world that we live in, you're not using WAMP and stuff. You use WAMP and LAMP stacks, or well, WAMP in particular, where you yep. don't have like a, a root directory with 8080 when you're developing. You can just whack in a base directory and say that this is the base, and then all your ones that are relative, you can keep in there. So you don't have to provide in like your framework and stuff a full URL like you yep. have in CodeNight. You just use this for like when you're developing. Yeah, it's fantastic. I've used it a few times on Silverstrike projects. Um, but yeah, really cool. And then the final one is VAR. Ooh. Um, no oh. cheating. Not not very. It's not variable, I assume. It is indeed, um, mate. But in what context? In terms of an HTML variable, it represents a variable in a mathematical expression or programming context. So you actually can use that inside the code block. And you can actually say that a VAR, you know, so it gives you that ability to specify a VAR, which is quite cool, again, because if you don't want to go full-blown to make use of, you know, syntax highlighting, and you just want to code, and you want to style a VAR in a particular way, you can use the VAR, VAR tag. So, pretty cool. That's very cool. And I don't know who actually got, I mean, I think, actually, Fraser may have uh, Fraser, won this week. Uh, Fraser, yeah, you guys can talk at length about object-oriented <laughs> Obscure HTML tags is my, my wheelhouse. <laughs> Put that in your CV, mate. You've scored yeah. it. Oh, dear. I think we should do this each week. Maybe like, like a random thing. If I Absolutely. Yeah, I'll dig one out for I'll dig one out for next week. Yeah, because then we can like and just keep it up. So Fraser's won this week. Congratulations, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Thanks. What do we get? Well done. Uh, <laughs> appreciation uh, from okay. your comrades. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's definitely worth it. <laughs> is your mum free tomorrow night? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he went there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Um, anything from like loose notes? Did we cover that thing on there? Take it. Everything that I had, we covered. Yeah, yeah, we got right to the bottom. Um, the only other thing we... is the HTML5 boilerplate. I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because we did, we did talk about that a little bit, didn't we? Yeah. About how useful it is. Yeah. Um, because that's one thing, actually. I suppose if you're getting into HTML, if you want to start now, actually going to that from the base, from the start, would be a great thing to do because it provides yeah. you with a, an index.html page, it provides you with a CSS page, it makes you le- learn like the normalize and the helpers, and it gives you a good solid base to set up a page that has jQuery, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that yeah. you could just use statically on your local machine, or you could then actually upload in a production environment use because. Pretty much, I know me, I'm sure you all do as well, like use HTML5 boilerplate from the off or yeah, something similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think um, boilerplate includes HTML5 shiv, right? Mm-hmm. Did, did we talk about that it last does, time? It does, yeah. So it provides, it? Yeah, it provides oh. sh- there's two, there's shiv and shim. I use shiv, but shim's the one that's providing HTML5 boilerplate, okay. but they do the same thing. I, I think was going to say, yeah. Yeah, and it's just the ability then to be able to, older browsers, you know, IEs of our world, yeah. they can actually then pick up these tags as real element tags. And it includes yeah. modernizer as well, doesn't it? It yes. does modernizer, which then is yep. yep nope as well, and then the normalize instead of the CSS reset. I suppose actually another thing to talk about quickly is this, I know that we we're going to probably do a, a podcast on CSS and stuff, but the CSS resets. Like I don't know if someone wants to actually go through what a CSS reset is start at a base level, just so if they look, someone's looking at HTML. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, basically the the reason for a CSS reset is because all the different browsers have got their own kind of standards as to what a p tag is formatted like and what an h1 tag is formatted like and all these resets do is bring it all back in mind so you've got a nice base to go through going forward so for instance if if you were to to tap a page out that was h1 hello this is my web page welcome and stuff and then p had a line of lorem ipsum or or any text in there if you open that in say chrome you open it in firefox and you open it in 
i.e. when you open it in opera, there'll be slight differences in terms of like the padding at the bottom of the P's and the padding at the bottom and top and margins and, and all this kind of stuff. And what the resets do is generally just bring everything back in line and all these kind of variable things that the browsers do, it, it kicks them all into check so you've got a nice space to work from going forward. That's it. And it's like a killer, isn't it, really? It's like a new, yeah. it's like just, yeah, explode. The page is now nothing now. But yeah. there's an alternative, right? Yeah, the normalize. Do you want to talk yes. about normalize? Uh, yeah, can do. Uh, it's been like ages since I've used it, but if I think I'm right in saying that basically, rather than kill all, it, it kind of gives you a standard for everything. So you still you still got presets for everything, but they're all the same. So oh, sorry, yeah, that's what I, I didn't actually realize. Yeah, because a reset, I I kind of I think what I described there wasn't a reset. Then I think maybe I described the normal. So no reset, reset. You know, you were right there. Reset, like it, it will kill it all, but it you you could it could provide just like a base. Say it, everything's one. Right. but then normalize kind of says well we're not going to kill it all and then have to bring it all back because so what normally people do is they use a kill all and then they bring back some of the styles that were already present in the browser so it's kind yeah. of a waste of time so with normalize instead they're like saying well hang on a minute and this guy must have spent hours and hours and hours said you know to work out well actually if i just tweak it like this we all get the same and if you've all start from the same base then you don't have to rebuild up these styles because a lot of them you're going to, with a kill all one, like a, a normal reset, you're going to be adding them back in anyway, which seems pointless. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I was going to say one of the other things we said we were going to talk about tonight, uh, one of the things that Lou brought up, and I think it's a really good idea actually, is um, navigation. But I'm guessing just before we kind of wrap up everything we've talked about HTML is... I've got, oh, sorry, yeah. Oh, sorry, go on, man. I've, yeah. got, well, I've got two more, that Jade and oh, yeah. Hamill. Those yes. two. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever played with those two. They're kind of like the sass and less of the HTML world, which is kind of a little bit, a lot, yeah. a, a lot quite a scene for these things. Yeah, I've never touched it, but I've seen it on, on CodePen. Um, but, I've, yeah, I've never actually played with it. I, I don't know, I'm a bit too comfortable with HTML to, to well, it's probably my, a detriment on my part, but a bit too comfortable to, to explore I don't, it. Actually, but. you know what, man? I really don't think it is, because I think it's one of those things where they were like, it works so well with CSS, because yep. we really want it in CSS, but in ha- with right. HTML, HTML is fine. XML is fine. You know, yep. like there's not much uh, that we need to worry about. And kind of, I found I, I used Jade. I've used Jade on a, a like a sample project. And I've actually found that it was harder for me to get, you know, um, you know, like to actually get interest, like into it and actually start using yep. it. And it became a detriment. And it was all. It was kind of like um, it was very much like Python, where it's like significant white space and stuff like that. Um, yep. I'm sure if people used it, but then again, you've got to train everyone up in the, the for the project. Yeah. I think that's why they haven't really taken off. I think you know, and Hamill's the same. Hamill and Sass were made, I think, by the same people or the same guy. Okay, uh, and yeah, Hamill really hasn't taken off as well as Sass has because everyone wants variables and the dynamicness of CSS is amazing and the idea of functions in CSS. But really, the HTML is fine as it is. So yep. yeah, that's Perfect. kind of yeah. I you know I've listened to podcasts about it and I've kind of read about it but like I said I've never really felt like yeah. I've really needed to use it um, but I'm sure it's great I'm not knocking it but uh, that's the thing because you use SAS and you can in, SAS and lesson the, the second you sit down using it you can instantly see yeah. oh there's a benefit here or the, when you when you read about it you can easily say right oh this is going to cut my workflow down or this is going to make things easier on this level but I, I've seen like the only kind of benefit that I see to, to Hamill is kind of Oh well, I want to have like a list item with a thousand items in there, number one to a thousand, so I can sit there and write a loop that's going to do it for me. I mean, actually, um, if you go on the Hamill website, the Hamill website looks beautiful. It's like does it's it? a very nice website. Like, for see, this is probably going to sell it to me now because I really like the <laughs> <Beautiful. track> website. <laughs> it's Hamill.info. 
Hamill.info. And then the J1. got a picture of a hamster and I'm getting it. <laughs> and then the J1 <laughs> is yeah. j-lang.com. So you can see a quick look at what they're... And they're really simple, really, what they do. But it's kind of like, do you really want to invest using this dependency? Right. It was like this whole world of like the, the JavaScript scene where a lot of people went and used CoffeeScript. And they were like, oh, it's amazing. But then yeah. a lot of people rewrote their whole code base back to JavaScript again because they kind of lost interest in, in CoffeeScript. Yeah. Yes, you're looking at Jade. That doesn't do anything for me. That just looks. It looks. I don't know. It's maybe just because yeah. maybe because I am too too comfortable with HTML. Like well, it it's very like, much significant white space, and it's kind of trying to yeah. keep it clean. But yeah, you're so as you say, you're. I'm right. I I feel the same way. It's yeah. like you're so used. All, you, to all you're missing out is a, yeah. All you're missing out is a couple of closing tags. tags. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Hamel ones are probably a little places. bit more. Hamel ones probably a little bit more interesting. Where it's kind yeah. of like, uh, but then they don't really show like a proper thing. But they they show like the ability to, uh, kind of, I think. See, their one actually is really to do with Rails and stuff, which I think yeah. actually Rails brings it in as a dependency. But I mean, again, you've got stuff like Blade, which is in the Laravel world and stuff like that. But these are kind of static HTML markup tools. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I might have to have another look at that, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it's worth having a look just to see uh, if it makes any benefit. But to be honest with you, I think the dep- adding that dependency to your project probably is a bit overkill. CSS, definitely. But HTML, I would stick with just yeah. basic HTML. Learn yeah. HTML. You know, it's, yeah. there's not much redundancy in HTML. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Until uh, they put a hamster on the website. And, <laughs> and then and then Fraser's there and he sold it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, did you say you had one other thing, or was that all incorporated? Uh, I think that was all incorporated into a bundle oh, okay. for you there, sir. All right, well, I was just going to say before we uh, sort of wrap up this bit about HTML is, uh, and I think Fraser said this last week, and I, I completely agree with him in, in the fact that if anyone out there is just getting into stuff and they're, they're starting to look at like junior web developer jobs, and it says you must know HTML5, don't lose sleep over it. It's, you know, it's what you need to know at a junior level is going to be very basic and probably like, a lot of the tags that we've just talked about today and most of those you could probably read through in a couple of hours and get yourself kind of uh, acquainted with them. I mean even do a little quiz you know with your friends on yeah, a podcast yeah. like a sad person <laughs> quizzing people on tags so yeah, yeah. I mean the only other thing is the XHTML HTML5 4 thing is that yeah. all, if you know it XHTML all HTML5 is is really a relaxed version of, of it, XHTML and, and it's just few, closing stuff more, off a few more options yeah, and a few, yeah, and a few, so yeah as I, yeah, everyone's saying like yeah, don't lose sleep over it and you'll be able to pick it up yeah yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If you know, if you know one of them, or if you know HTML, then you can apply for every job that's got XHTML. Not every job, but like, <laughs> if, if don't feel daunted by the fact that it says HTML five or XHTML or whatever they want to call it. Like, if you know HTML, you know HTML, so you can apply for that job. Yeah, I'm one hundred percent. So, Lou, uh, mm. you mentioned about um, navigation. Uh, was there anything in particular you wanted to um, sort of discuss or? Um, it's, it's not nothing particular, just a general discussion. Really. Yeah. It's um, in the in this in the site that I'm doing at the moment. Um, I've been making the the CSS, uh, sorry, the CMS from scratch as well. And and oh. part of that, a major part of that, is obviously the whole navigation, kind of the whole hub and the page structure of the site. And yeah. um, I seriously, I've been I've been sat there racking my brain. I've been sat there most of the afternoon today trying to think of a better way of doing it than I than I was doing it. And I've now gone down another road and I was kind of, I was Googling around trying to see if there's any like best practices for how people do this. 
because um, I, I, the first way I was trying, I was like, I literally had a, a section for page page categories and then a section for pages, and then basically in my page categories, I then have like tick boxes for which navigation they were in. Like, are they in the the main navigation or the top left navigation and everything like that? And then in my pages, obviously, um, tick boxes for all the parents. Like, so which parent is that child? And it gets so complicated, doesn't it? And I've, I've that's I've when you bring the recursion, isn't it? And then you have to recursively oh. go through with a boatload of SQL queries, and it makes you think like this should be optimized and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, where I've got to with it now is I started again today. I literally decided right, I'm just going to have this one section, and I've called it sections. Where I just literally I'm creating everything I'm going to need, whether it's a page title or an actual page itself. I'm just going to so everything's in one place. And then from that, I'm going to have a completely different section where I build the navigation out of those sections, rather than ah, uh, like a view type thing. So like, yeah, yeah, kind of. see, yeah, that makes. I think, yeah, actually, I think I remember Joomla doing something like that because I think that, yeah, that does sound like the most flexible way of doing it. Kind of being able to, yeah, as you say, have views instead of being stuck to this one structure. You can kind of go and have another a data table that. Yeah, I mean, is it something that you guys have done before? Like, made made a sort of navigation in a CMS or. Have you um, always used tools, or do you have your own your own ways and means of doing it? Because one of the issues I've run into is obviously I'm creating pages, but some pages have you know they they require a different form, for example, like different um, table different table fields and everything, and different data, and trying to tie that all into everything as well and keep it all dynamic, so that if you're linking off to one page, it goes to one to the right form. Are you, which are might you be different your, to another form. <laughs> are you using Sorry? your WordPress metadata type thing still? Key value pairs, or no? I've gone away from that. No, that was um, that was that was an old an old style, which worked pretty well, but it was um, it was a bit fiddly. So I'm tr- I've literally trying to come up with the best way that I can now, sort of from scratch. Well, so, oh, oh, sorry, go for it. No, go for it. I was just saying, um, I, I, I've found that every time I've made navigation, like for the best intentions to make them as flexible as possible, I always have edge cases. Um, and the only way that I've kind of ever been able to get away with that, like keeping the ability, the, the flexibility, is by using PHP closures. And by like, so the way that I display certain things and stuff is by enable to like, uh, uh, like pass an anonymous functions that tell them, oh, by the way, you can do some funky, uh, you know, styling if it's certain elements and stuff for that one specific site, Um, which is a bit hacky again, but it's so hard to work out. I mean, I sent a link uh, on on not on Spotify on Skype, don't know why I said Spotify, Uh, and it's storing hierarchical data because you know you were talking about the whole parent, you know, like having your parent, 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 and then recursively go through. There's another way of doing it. I don't know if you've ever seen this way where you actually can. It's harder to insert. So the insert way that you've got you you were doing, you know, with the parent thing is the it's a nice way of inserting, but getting the information out can be a right pain. Yeah, um, and you have to cache it and everything. And there, but there's a way that it's. Uh, maybe a quick look. It's like an adjacency list model. So the idea is, and it's an al- algorithm there, Mickey. And what it does is it uses the idea of like a left and right uh, nodes and stuff. But you're able to do a search in SQL in one query and get back everything. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of I've, I've tried it. With the reason why I was talking about it is because I've tried it both ways, and really. The only way I've ever been able to get the pure the, the flexibility that I wanted was by using closures and by providing the ability of oh by the way when you display this run this closure and just see make sure that you want this to be the output. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess I had two things to say on it. Uh, really, one is I think maybe this is what Ed was just talking about actually, but the only way I know if like 
generating your menu other than using recursion is is I think you can create like aliases on the same table. So you might have, you know, go and get everything from articles and then you have articles as A2, articles A3. So if you know you've got a fixed amount of times that you want to loop back and get stuff, you can do it that way. But it's very closed off then. Are they, te- I, are they views like actual MySQL views or are they just temporary tables that you... Or are they just, just fields? They're just... Um, I don't know what, you, what to say. Um, you know when you create like an alias field? Uh, I'm... Yeah, I think it's like a temporary table, actually. I think it would store that, wouldn't it? Like a temporary table, but it would be destroyed after the query, that type of um, thing. Oh, so is that, you're just, so you're not doing a query, it's not like a view, because you can make views, can't you, that are actually yes. 10 tables that oh, are yeah, actually yeah. doing no, queries. Not that way, sorry. No, no, no. No. Um, but I've done it that way before, and in fact, I've had quite a few discussions with my boss, because I use the recursive way, and, um, and she doesn't really like that. But... Um, there we go. The trouble, uh, sorry, the, the thing yeah. that a lot of people don't like it because it looks messy. Well, first it's recursion, which can be confusing, and it definitely can to be confusing. And it can be dangerous. And it if can you don't. if you don't. Yeah, I mean the input yeah. that you know, and not having your base case. But yeah. the thing is, is I always feel now, it's just cache it, do it once, and then cache it, and then you're done. You know, you don't have to hit the data. And then when someone updates a page, kill the cache completely and then they can just the first person who hits it has to run that one query that does a load of SQL but normally you're just selecting stuff by ID and ID is just you know a hash so it's yeah. really quickly yeah uh, the other thing I was going to say though which I find far more annoying is the styling and I, I've never ever ever made my own styling for like uh, a nav menu I will Have you always not? no never I'll always google it and and the reason is I've just never found a way that I could do it myself that was quite nice and efficient. And oh, like, no, like, like, and I, the easiest way of, in my mind, the easiest way of doing it is literally by using, like, using the hover, obviously using the hover pseudo element, but then yeah, you just do like li hover yeah. ul, and then set that to be to be display none. And then when you yeah, when it's hovered over, set it to be display block. Oh, please, maybe look like an idiot, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, right. like, I was exactly the same. I used to struggle over it. Like, I used yeah. to, do, I had a, a library of scripts that I'd, I'd kind of like hack apart, and yeah. and I couldn't get my head around it. And it, like, for probably for about a year and a half, two years, I was just using these the same kind of like examples. And I was like, right, I'm going to sit down and do this. And I was like, oh, hang on a second, this kind of does make sense. It's, it's proper simple when you when you get your head around it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, to be honest, you're to blame for this because you know, being <laughs> thanks, <laughs> man. <laughs> Everything's first. your fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fraser was my first uh, web mentor, if you will. And one of the things that he he beat out of me, and I'm so glad he did, was uh, just like overuse of absolute positioning. And um, yeah, and I, a lot of like the, the CSS that I take from the web is using. I hate it. It's kind of like okay, this this sub UL. Uh, just minus 500 pixels or something like that yeah. and it always looks disgusting to me but I, I just I've never really known a better way of doing it so I just yeah. can't use what's out there but uh, but yeah I'll, I'll look forward to your tutorial on uh, how to do it I'll I should there. do it yeah I should do it that would be cool sure. that would yeah. definitely yeah. we can talk about that next week put the pressure yeah. on you you got okay, all to right, do I'll it, do it. So I've do got that. a three day Saturday so I'll do it Saturday <laughs> mind me awesome alright thanks for that um, who hasn't talked about Fraser, you're the only one who's not talked about navigation. What's your, uh, other than that hot tip? Uh, um, it's pretty much just that hot tip, to be honest with you, in terms <laughs> of building it. Um, like, I say, I keep mentioning Silverstripe because it's the program, the, 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 the program of software, the, the framework that I do most of my uh, most of my freelance stuff in. And they've actually got like a, 
a really simple way of doing it. They've, they've got a function that, that spits out the navigation for you, and you can just style it however you want to. Um, so in, in terms of actually generating nav, it's, it's quite a daunting thing when you've got like multiple levels and multiple levels and multiple levels and stuff, and it's, yeah, it's, it's not something, or it's something that I try and avoid as, as much as possible and give, yeah. them, give them the option of going one, one or two deep. Yeah, because it just gets silly when you go further and further. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, uh, sorry, just one last thing I would say. Um, I don't know if uh, anyone's already mentioned this, I'm just repeating stuff now, but uh, I I think, Lou, you said something about, like, you know, okay, you might be getting stuff from one table, but then you've got, like, five, six other tables that you want to bring into that navigation. And a way I've conquered that in the past is just to have one big joining table, which has got, like, a, you know, the name of the table, the page ID, and... And then you're just referring to that one table other than... Yeah, that's kind of what yeah. I've done with yeah. my sections. Like ev- every single like he- <coughs> heading or page is just listed here yeah. in this in this thing. And then um, whether it whether it's its own standalone page or whether it actually links off to another section like news or blog or whatever, yeah. you know, that I take care of that as I go along. But it's all it's all base referenced in one place. Yeah. Now, whereas, whereas in some places like. Um, like in my about in 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 one of my sub navigations, I had like an overview history page, which had, which was just like a a standalone page, but then it also had a link to the news in it as well, which is like a you know like in the CMS is obviously you're adding posts and, and categories and all sorts like that. So having to allocate like is it is it a standalone page or is it or is this going off to something that has got articles and stuff? But then is that going in the top left navigation and is yeah. it having the same parent? Because obviously they're, they're not all following the same structure. They're all following different structures. So trying to make that dynamic is, uh, is a difficult bit. So that's where I've kind of like one of, the, one of the fields in my sections table is literally just like page layout. And then I've got like standard or custom. Yeah. And then the custom, basically that, that, that will be filtered out. And it'll, it'll like, I use that kind of as a hook into like a page underscore standard or whatever and do it that way yeah it's it's um yeah i'm still not 100 percent committed to the way i'm doing it this way around but that's the great thing about having to making your own framework though isn't it you kind of get to test this stuff and see how hard it is to really decide on something yeah well this is where i realized that my first way was wrong because i was running into duplicating stuff and as I've said a million times, that's when I that's when I know I've gone wrong. But so. that's the best way of learning. I mean, that's the, I always feel that's what I always feel like. If you had a project, I mean, like Taylor, like Taylor Rockwell, you know, he made like Laravel three, and he then he updated it to Laravel four, and he changed a lot of stuff. When you're actually releasing that on the release cycle now, and you know, he must feel like certain bits of Laravel, like oh, I really want to change that, but now I can't because a bajillion people are now using this. That must yeah. be really hard. I feel because I'm very much a guy of I'm going to refactor this and screw it. But then if you've actually done a version release and you've got to support that thing still, so it's really, you're making this mistake now, even though you think it's the right intention for that time, but then you, like, a couple of months afterwards, you find it out, it's actually a mistake. You've still got to deal with it. It's like shooting yourself in the foot every week. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, um, there was one thing uh, with HTML stuff again, sorry, going back. Uh, sure. Zen coding. Do you know if you've got to play with Zen coding? What, well, on Sublime? Uh, well, you've got it. So it's in Sublime. It's a plugin, pretty much, for a, a lot of things. And really, to me, it, all it does is it's just the syntax for being able to create quick HTML pages, but or CSS and stuff. But the HTML stuff's great. And it kind of, to me, it's like, well, that actually doing that is far better for me than actually doing, say, you know, using Haml or Jade, because at least that way, it's producing the stuff that I want it to produce, which is the base layout of a page, but yep. you know, in a quick way. 
but yes, yeah, so Zen Coding, I'll put that in the show notes. It's called High Speed Coding, the plugin for HTML and CSS. And it's actually available in Dreamweaver, I think, from, from the offset. So there you go, Lou. Uh, not Lou, sorry, you, Nikki. Yeah, do, so. do you mean things like div.wrapper? Uh, so it's like div, uh, and then you can do a hashed page, yeah. which will then give you the ID, and then you can say like do an arrow, and that will actually make it so. And then div dot logo, which means yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's, I mean, yeah, I use it's that. really yeah. cool. And like, oh, I quickly want to make you know f- five li elements. You can do li times five, and it will just produce them for you. So especially when you're first starting off and you're structuring a page out, I find Zen coding really interesting and useful. Yeah. But I think this also highlights again how good Sublime is, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't think Sublime. I think, sub, I, think well. I think Sublime. Like, I think I don't know if they support it off the battle. You have to use their their plugin architecture is amazing, though, isn't it? I'll definitely yeah. agree with that. Like, with package manager. Oh yes, absolutely. You can get. You can get um, I think it's called Emmet or something like that. That's it. Emmet. Emmet. Zencode. Yeah. I think Emmet is actually the, the, the newer name for it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So Emmet Pre is the one you want to. And I also want to say that Python uses uh, not Python. So Sublime uses Python. So. There you go, Mickey. Ooh. There's your OCaml or OC compile. I'm joking. I love it. That's because I couldn't use PHP. Couldn't work it out. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty taken us over the hour mark, I'm guessing, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, fun. Uh, I think we should probably wrap it up, but uh, did anyone have any like final golden nuggets they wanted to mention or do you think we've, uh, we've covered everything on uh, HTML? I, I, just, I just wanted to say that I'm not related to HTML, but I absolutely love the voiceovers for the for this that Ed got from Fiverr.com I'm going to spend an evening with a bottle of whiskey and a credit card and just get like, to <laughs> 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 like... <laughs> oh yeah it's awesome it's and um, yeah. apologies for the for the M&M bit earlier on if, um, that's if... hilarious <laughs> yeah, yeah. it seems a bit of a bizarre shows. thing to do in a web podcast but there you go yeah, well, there we go. There's episode ten all wrapped up. So uh, I don't know what we'll be doing next week, um, but we'll we'll perhaps try and tweet in the week to give you a heads up what we'll be. Uh, you know, what we'll be I think we should do Git next week. Oh, I don't know if that's kind of. We'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. We'll talk about CSS. <laughs> How about CSS? Because that's the logical. Yeah, one okay. From, yeah. from HTML, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to say as well, like to to anyone that's listening, we read all your feedback and stuff, and we've been getting some very good feedback. So if anyone wants to tell us any any good feedback, no bad, no any bad feedback as well, it's fine. Um, but yeah, we, we do appreciate everyone getting in touch with us. And, and any ideas for, uh, for podcasts? Yes, you know, like yeah, anything yes. that you want to us to talk about, you know, like yeah. about you yeah. know beginner stuff. Because say so we go off on tangents, I go off on tangents. So nice to yeah, whatever you want us to talk about, we'll Absolutely. talk about it. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have yeah, questions or anything, because uh, I guess there's other podcasts out there that, that do like mailbag section segments. So if anybody's got any questions that they want us to answer, absolutely feel free to send us an email in, and we'll we'll read your question out and we'll we'll do our best to answer it. Well, I just that that um, nice chap that emailed us a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we quite answered all his questions either, so we might. Oh, oh yeah, we do. We do need to go back, don't we? The security ones and stuff. But I think that'll be a little bit further on. And, and CMS ones, yeah. Yep. CMS yep. type questions. Yeah, cool. and I've got a guy who will come on to talk a bit about responsive as well once we've done CSS. So that'll be a nice natural progression. But oh, we could get Justin on for a design perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. Is he up for that? We... Uh, I've I've not mentioned it, but I'll have a chat with him tomorrow. Awesome. But uh, like the guys say, if you've got anything you want us to discuss, chances are we will probably shunt it up to the top of the list so uh, yeah do get in contact and we'll, we'll do that cool thanks for listening guys see you next Beautiful. week see bye. bye you've been listening to three devs and a maybe you can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com 
or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe. <laughs>